Hello, and welcome to All the Best Bits, another audio commentary episode for a film that we chose as one of our best bits in a prior episode. This one came up twice. It came up in Whodunits, and it came up in character intros. So that's Hello, good. <laughs> I'm getting there. That's that's good recall on my part. It is. And also, you know, a big shock or big surprise for everybody. I'm joined by my co-host. Can you guess who it is? <laughs> it's me. Hello. I'm so glad you said uh, it came up in the Who Done It because I'm currently editing the Who Done It episode, and I'm and and uh, and I thought, oh my god, we really should have mentioned the thing for Who Done It because it's such a Who Done It, and I've completely forgotten that we actually did mention it. In I did. The, I mentioned it. You did. I, I, I just went... haven't gotten to that part where you mentioned the thing. I just haven't got to that part of the edit. So behind the curtains, Slick so, folks. Professional operation. But yeah. will we're also joined by a guest, as yeah. has become the norm. Oh my god, and who is it? this time we have a returning guest and it's somebody whose voice everybody <sighs> loves to listen to. It's our guest from episode three of season two, yeah. best World War II scene episode. It's Jamie Hannigan. Good evening. Oh Jesus, it's like someone wrapped velvet curtains around my head. Just listen to just, just, It's just, like somebody wrapped a velvet rope around my neck and twisted. <laughs> Hello, Jamie. Great to have you back. How is it going? You forgot best endings, but then we've, we're... we've never done best endings yet. No, well, that's right, you haven't. Well, when you do, you should listen to the podcast, Jamie. The things, <laughs> <laughs> what podcast? Uh, well, when you do, the thing's going to be in there because this is one of my favorite endings in a movie. Yeah, it's so great. we're doing. As Jamie has alluded to, we're doing The Thing, John Carpenter's Thing. It's the second adaptation on the John W. Campbell Jr. novella, Who Goes There? And this one is about American researchers in Antarctica who encounter The Thing, which is a parasitic extraterrestrial life form that assimilates and imitates other organisms. And the group, as they're overcome by paranoia and conflict, learn that they can no longer trust each other and that any one of them could be The Thing. Amazing. From 1982. Recall. Amazing recall, Kevin. Amazing. Thank you. Just, just pull that one out. Um, great film. Great film. My favorite Carpenter. Mine too, I'd say. Yeah, mine mm-hmm. too. Although I haven't, I haven't seen Ghosts of Mars, so you know, <laughs> that's definitely gonna change the rankings for you, I reckon. <laughs> Someone has to have seen Ghosts of Mars. At least John Carpenter. I've has watched. To have seen I've it. watched forty minutes of Ghosts of Mars. Oh, and is it really good? Which 40 minutes? It's not the 40 minutes is going to be on my top John Carpenter films. <laughs> I have to spell like that. I will not stand for John Carpenter's slander. No, no, he's um, great. He's great. He's great. He is great. But as per usual, we're going to sync the film up at a specific point. And on this occasion, we're going to sync it up at the start. So we're going to hit play. Are you guys ready? Uh huh. Yeah. You count in us in. Three, two, one play i have a feeling that jamie had played about a second earlier than we hit play it doesn't no or kevin did it someone hit play i heard a home and someone hitting the button it, it doesn't matter yeah, almost certainly me <laughs> no, almost what i did is i quickly turned down the volume and then then i hit play oh it stars carrying russell carrie russell's in this class carrie russell. Oh, sorry Kurt russell. Kurt russell sorry i'm i'm humming the theme from the hateful eight which 
Oh, that's my first Robotine. of one of two trivia bits, which was that the was yes. unused okay. unused uh, musical track for the thing, ended up reusing Ooh. it on the Hateful Eight. You can see. I how. remember oh, that wow. that music from the DVD of the thing. It used to be the menu music mm. on the DVD. Yes, yes. This is the third iteration of the thing I have. I got it on VHS, on DVD, and now on my hateful Apple Music thing before they decided to delete it on me. Well, Bill Lancaster, the son of Burt Lancaster. No. Are you lying? Yes. No, I'm telling the truth. Wow. See, I I have no trivia for this. Dean This was his only real credit. I think he did Bad News Bears. And then the thing, and he never worked again after that. What? Why? What happened? He peaked. He, he peaked. He's a screenwriter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was just a he was just a regular ah, but, screenwriter. Yeah, you can, you know, two credits. Uh, what two credits? Mm. I mean, like, yeah, what two credits? This is like the opening to Predator. I was just thinking the exact same thing. I was like going, "Yep, yeah, be forgiven for thinking this is." Predator. I was humming that theme tune in my head just there. Oh really? Yeah, the Predator theme tune. It's like the opening to Starman as well. Oh, here's we the title. Did the com- oh, lovely. We did the commentary for uh, Halloween recently, and there's two films uh, that, they, that the teenagers are watching on the night. One being The Thing, with the exact same title opening, and the other one being, Kevin, do you remember this? Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet. Of course I remember. Yeah. I'm just urinating. Yeah, Jamie just taking a whittle. <laughs> Actually, Jamie, just, chin chin, just move back a tiny bit from your mic because uh, I think you might be a little hot on the mic. That's oh, my yeah. only... Yeah, I say it now so that... Okay. That's nice to That's be hot on the mic. Hot on something. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, for our listeners, um, it's true that Jamie does urinate wine. It's amazing. It's like he's so Mediterranean right now. That, um, Apple cider vinegar. so here we are they filmed this in Juneau, Alaska or maybe this part was filmed in uh, uh, Finland? Norway in British Columbia oh really? yeah but some of this film was shot in most of it was shot in Alaska am I right? yeah Juneau, Alaska and oh god what was the the Stuart, British Columbia that is beautiful look at those big wide vistas Mm -hmm. helicopters swooping in Vistas, such beautiful vistas. Dean Cundy, lads. Dean yeah. Cundy, cinematographer. Also did Halloween. Right. Jurassic Park, yeah. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. Oh, he's, somebody, he's, he's got he some He did credits. all of the early uh, John Carpenter films. Yeah. Remember you told and that a great story about the loyalty where he did Halloween 2. Oh, the loyalty. Was that what you were saying? Am I right in saying yeah, that? Yeah, he was offered, um, he was offered Poltergeist. And uh, he said, I'd love to do it, but John Carpenter gave you my start. And I feel that I should um, do Halloween 2 as, you know, loyalty to his friend. Fair enough. What a great opening. I remember watching this as a kid. This is the, for those who aren't, I suppose, watching along, this is the... So how old were you when you first saw this film? Uh, I... I'd say between oh, probably over the age of ten, uh, below okay. the age of fifteen, um, and it's one of these things where I, I'd like with a lot of movies. I remember watching the first fifteen twenty minutes before my parents saying, uh, "Like the school might go to bed, like this diehard 
the keep. <laughs> there we go. Uh, movies which have uh, stayed with me, but this helicopter chasing the dog uh, looks so good. It really draws you in. It really you, you and because because it plays with your because we automatically have empathy for for dogs in particular. So when a dog is being chased by a helicopter, you know ah, it's just. It's great. It's great. This was what I mentioned as a great character intro because, and you mentioned endings, Jimmy. Mm. This introduction mirrors how it ends. Yeah. So he's got the whiskey, he's playing chess, and this whole movie is going to be like a, a chess game. Yeah, a very sheet chess game. I was uh, <laughs> watching uh, Red Letter Media today do a, do a whole Carpenter breakdown and uh, of his films, and they made a really good point that this does this scene foreshadows what he does with the thing later on where he's trying I to play chess first no no what you said you said something else no this what they say is something totally different to what you said kevin because i was going to okay. reference you what they said is that he basically is i think what you what you say is quite good as well what they said is like he's playing chess with the with the alien as the film goes on but when the when the alien and in this case when the computer outwits him he just fucking destroys everything and in the movie when the alien outwits him he just fucking destroys everything his, his reaction is just blow it to shit, you know? Yeah, you but for me, it's like he's got the whiskey bottle. At the very yeah. end, he offers the whiskey bottle to Charles, and Charles accepts it, and he smiles after that, chuckles to himself, mm-hmm. because he knows, and Charles knows, that if anyone remembered the thing, and if you had paranoia for the other person being the thing, you wouldn't accept the whiskey. Unless he didn't give a fuck anymore, which you got to accept at the beginning and end, Kurt Russell yeah. had zero yeah. fucks to give. He's a real honey badger. <laughs> For this film, <laughs> and originally he wasn't the lead of the film. He was just going to be another nondescript character. No when way. We went back in to edit the film, they decided to emphasize his character and sort of focus the movie around him. Really? Mm-hmm. It was going like, to be like another another Ripley in Aliens, where an ensemble he thing. emerges. Yeah, total ensemble. Oh wow! But, uh, because it was all dudes, and everybody was in. Parkers and some of them had beards and some of them didn't. It was hard to sort of keep track. Unusually, there wasn't even any women on the crew. So they, on the, the, the retrospectives of the film, they talked about this weird feral energy that was starting to brew amongst the cast and the, the crew because they were just all dudes just together in a really inhospitable uh, climate uh, away from everybody and just starting to go a little stir-crazy. Oh, I can see that happening. Okay, so the dogs are reaching the base now. Norwegians are dropping grenades on them. Wow. It still looks so beautiful. It just uh, all looks beautiful. My memory, the last when I watched this the four years ago, and my memory of it, there was one single shot in it which looked a little, I don't want to say fake, but it looked... It kind of broke the illusion. It was like a stop motion piece. Stop motion thing oh, at the end. Near yeah, the, end. the end. Yeah. But yeah. other than that, this movie just it's it's so timeless. Like it is, there's there's mm-hmm. so little. I mean, even the you might find that those special effects I don't know, maybe oh here Chewing gummy. Pierce Ryan, our mutual friend, did give me an excellent piece of trivia for this when I, I was <laughs> out with him last week. Um which is oh, that? Were you talking about us? Were you getting together and saying, "Yeah, oh, I'm doing the best bits episode." Oh, I am as well. He was spilling <laughs> the beans. A little secret. He was spilling the beans <laughs> about you. He said, "If you speak Norwegian, that this guy is yeah. saying that dog is an alien." 
and he said, like, if only they any of them spoke Norwegian, the whole movie could have been ended right here. Oh. Which is wow. probably not true, because if even if you spoke Norwegian, the guy going, like, hey, that's an alien dog. Get away. I'm going to ki- have to kill it. You'd, I mean, look at this no. guy. He looks like an insane person. Why would anybody have guns in Antarctica? There are no uh, Bear. Oh, big wait, predators no, there. Yeah, that's true. No bears. The, the, well, you've got a penguins, oh. and you're not really going to be defending yourself from a horde of penguins. Kevin, Kevin. The, the greatest predator of all. Man, no. a tea. <laughs> Americans. <laughs> They're Americans, Kevin. <laughs> oh, my God. That's such a great piece of trivia. So that is what he's saying in Norwegian. Thank you. Allegedly. I don't think Pierce speaks Norwegian, so. I mean, oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I've had full conversations with him. I've had full conversations where he's doing hurdy-gurdy voices, sounds to me, and I go, wow, impressive stuff, Pierce. We have listeners from Norway, and Norway is my second favourite country in the world I've ever been to, so I will not stand for Norwegian slander. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean slander. I love the sound of Norwegians. I am working with a Norwegian producer. And in fact, I was rewriting a scene today which was directly inspired by this movie. Oh, Oh. which scene? Uh... The scene in my movie or the scene in this movie? I can't really. I I, I won't say anymore. But just in case, well, yes. Yeah, no, spoiler tell dirt. us what is the scene in this movie. Leave him be. He can't. He it's, can't. It's a it's a movie that's shooting early next year, and it's it's set. No, in, no. The scene in this movie. What's the scene that helped you? Um. <laughs> it is. I'm such a shithead. It's okay. Yeah. No, but yeah. I, it's, it's just like, you know, you sort of think, I was like, oh, yeah, that move, like, it's more than amalgamation. And then if I try to pinpoint what it is, I'll find the exact scene. I could tell you, but I'm not going to. Okay. Oh, Did you ever on. notice that the doctor has a, a nose ring? <gasps> I just only, for the first time, because I'm watching it on Blu-ray right now. Oh, my God. Yeah. What does that mean? It means he's a punk. Oh, my God. Jesus, that's so unusual. It really is. And that's yeah. the, uh, the dude from Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. There is um, Wilfred Brimley, forever to be destined as... Diabetes. Well, young as a young Tom Cruise. Because that trivia that when he did Cocoon, he was the young, he was the same age as Tom Cruise when he did, uh, like, Mission Impossible 4 or something. What? Yeah, he, oh was, in his, he was in his early 40s when he did Cocoon, yeah. He was re- He only died recently, Wilfred Brimley. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the last couple of years, yeah. He's just one of these guys that came out of the, out of the the womb, an old man, like just smoking cigars and looking for a, you know, he, a was, shot he of was he was quietly on on Twitter for like up until very recently. I was following him. No way. I'd love to Here's know whether a lot of those guy. older yeah. celebrities who are on Twitter are actually the ones tweeting. Oh, I think so. I think some of them are. Like, uh, like Jim Shatner is 90 and he's on there like just railing against people every so often. And I wonder, is that really him? I think somebody so. Somebody else. I feel like Shatner would do that. Chuck Yeager, not- do you think that was him? Um, <laughs> I mean, not anymore, obviously, but... Uh, <clears throat> well, he's on TikTok now, that's why. <laughs> yeah. See how economical this film is, though? It's straight into it. Yeah, dead Norwegian. They're all the just- mystery's begun... What the hell just happened? And yeah. why did the Norwegians go crazy? Somebody's going to have to go out there and check on the Norwegians. And like Agatha Christie was a direct influence for this film. Because I think I read that in one of my few bit of, few bit of notes is that um, 
uh, I think uh, John Carpenter did look reference some Agatha, whichever Agatha Christie story for. And the then there were list. none. That's the one. Thank you, uh, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a little bit hokey. When we the two done it, it wasn't my favorite. I think the murder of Roger Ackroyd is the the real her, the real crap reason one for her. That's great. This holds up really well still. Mm. Uh, did you guys ever see the first adaptation of this? No, yeah, I did. The thing no, what's it? I watched it for jump scares because it has one of the very first jump scares, legitimate jump scares in movies. <clears throat> when How they um, when they what? What's it like? What's the what's the original like? It's good. It's very you know it. it what I love about those old forties and fifties sort of monster movies is the is the lack of bombast. There's a very relaxing sense of like mood, and you'll have long periods of that sort of like if you ever play a record on a vinyl that crackly sound, mm-hmm. and it's just that that sound of that crackly sound of silence in this, these films that are quite stagey and quite staid, but they're really relaxing to watch. Mm-hmm. So um, that fits into that. Which it's is good. It's very complete opposite of this, which is like where. <laughs> All those scenes where the dog is just like lingering underneath. Yeah, he's got great performance by the dog. <laughs> yeah, if we ever do like animal protagonist, the, there's a moment in this with a dog where truly he's uh, really the only performing. Thing, the only thing that throws me out of this film is McCready's hat with the with the, the with the white brim hat and yeah, with the, the the rim tilted at the front. It just it's a bit too three amigos for me. Ah, I think it's fucking cool. It's the irony of him. He's like in the coldest place on earth and he's got his sombrero on. There's that dog doing another cold stare. Here we go. Here we go. Watch, is. watch. Is it this moment where the dog sort of um, oh, he's giving out about walks in the hallway? You turn that crap down. He's a smart man. I would wear roller skates after watching this I'd be like yeah give me the roller skates okay yeah. I, I have a friend of mine and I remember when we watched the The Shining and he was like yeah listen apart from all the you know you know, the creepy kids and the ghosts that looks like a really sweet job I'd love to do that <laughs> I want to be a caretaker <laughs> in a hotel in the middle of nowhere and be snowed off for like four months it's like that sounds perfect Jesus I Christ. think I'd actually go stir crazy. I think that would actually happen for me. Look at this with the dog. He creeps in. Oh, it's brilliant. You can it's tell that he's he's looking and he's hunting. And This is like close to the dog's there. eyes looking shifty, yeah. just like in The Simpsons. Yeah. That's how you know he's inside. And this pauses. silhouette is by a non-performer in the film. Oh, really? In order for us not to be able to guess who it is, but I always thought that this was um, the guy from the Warriors, the guy, who's, the guy whose chest opens up when he's yeah. getting the CPR. But it's not; it's just a it's a member of the crew that they decided to put in silhouette so that you couldn't guess which actor it was, right? Or character it was. Oh, another beautiful wide vista of uh, mm-hmm. uh, vistas. So vistas. many vistas. Alaska, we're guessing. North Columbia, British Columbia, somewhere. We should. As I say, we should do shot- research. <laughs> They shot in Juneau, Alaska, and Stewart, British Columbia. Those were the only two places. And they shot the interiors in Los Angeles, in 
Universal Studios. Oh yeah, it was baking, wasn't that right? It was absolutely baking. I'm right thinking yeah, they all got on like, refrigerated really sets. So yeah, how how got... long were they how long were they on on location here in the, in the freezing cold for? Fairly long, because this film was one of the longest um, pre-productions and productions that Carpenter ever did, and he feels that the film benefited from that. That he had nearly a year of pre-production. Uh, it, 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 filming lasted approximately 12 weeks, principal photography, in Alaska. 12 weeks, um, in, just in Alaska? So that's, that's the exteriors. Um, that's just the three months and of... Then, oh, wow. And then they moved to the Universal lot. Um, yeah, where we're talking about the, the temperatures were all over the shop. And then filming there lasted two days. <laughs> Sorry, we're in trance of the movie there yeah. as they as they arrive at the Norwegian base two days. All the interiors were shot in two days. Fuck me. <laughs> but I guess this wasn't like we just had a shot here where the helicopter lands and they walk. Okay, this now they've cut to a different shot of them, which this is probably sounds. That's a set. Oh yeah, yeah. it's definitely yeah. Snow is like- a different consistency. But the 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 icicles and or the the stalactite or not icicles. Um, they look pretty they're, cool. They're too much like they're too much like teeth. Mm, to true. Oh, axe in a wall. Never, never good. <laughs> why can't why Actually, can't people just like put a la- an axe down on the ground? No, we have to stick it. We have to like embed it in a wall. It's like guys, that just looks like a lot of effort. It's effort to put it in. It's effort to take it out. Just put it on the ground. It's fine. Honey, honey, did you cover it in blood? No, darling. Cover it in blood so that our neighbours know they're welcome in any time. There's something on fire in the room. Do you see that? The flickering on the floor. Yeah. Never noticed that before. Kevin, when's the first time you saw this? Sorry, Jamie. I saw this with my uh, best mate growing up when we were about 12. And I was dead keen to see this because it had been one that I was aware of for years. And I had to wait until it was on TV. So... Mm -hmm. You know, you're waiting years and years and years for it to pop up. And one night it was, and we convinced David Murphy's mom to allow us to to watch it. And she decided, well, I'll watch it with you. And so we watched the thing together some summer night when I was about 12. And uh, it lived up. David Murphy's mom. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love this shot of the the frozen blood from your hands cut open wrists. Oh, my God. Oh, and his I mean, he, he really, he really oh. hacked his own throat open. Oh this my guy God. really did was making sure of it. Jesus Christ! My God, what the there's got to be better here? ways to go. I mean, I would have just walked out into the snow and just laid down. I remember from years ago watching the documentary behind us on the DVD, and they said, you know, Rob Bottin did all this sort of stuff, and I had a Kurt Russell or the people on set came in, they saw that prop of the guy having hacked his own wrist and stuff like that and they said it looked ridiculous and Rob Bottin was the only one said trust me trust me when we have this on camera it'll look great and how you light it yeah how you light it and, and sure enough it does look fantastic yeah. random notes completely unfrozen he was really fun. young when he did this Rob Bottin this is like one of his, his first big gig wasn't it because think of it, he was he played the um, Blake, the the hook handed uh, zombie pirate in the fog. 
who takes the samurai sword and basically chops down the priest at the end. That oh. was Rob Bottin. Oh. And then he went on to do this and, and Carpenter basically gave him his big break. He's left the business now. He's, he's like a real estate agent or something like that. Rob Bottin? Yeah, he left the wow. business about 20 years ago. Get away. Wow. Like a Never relax. does interviews, never does anything. He just sort of got sick of being dicked around by producers who wanted more and more for less and less. Jesus Christ. And everything was moving to CG at that, that stage, so... Yeah. So it's when you see the writings on the wall and you could get out, then he probably made the, the, right, the right choice. I remember reading an interview with Josh Brolin years back, and he was... Uh, it was just like he'd sort of... Been a, you know, hadn't been doing a huge amount of work. And then was coming back in doing like Cone, you know, the No Country for Old Men and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he'd basically been... He'd... he'd uh, he kept himself going quite happily by inve- he learned how to invest, and it was just like flip houses. The whole yeah, the, well no, just just invest like investing in stocks and shares. And while he was talking oh, to the interviewer, okay. he was just like, "Give me a second. Forex. He was just like check. And he was just like, "Yeah, yeah." He just I just taught myself how to do it. Oh, we found wow. a big, big pile of burned, a burned mass of shite. I was working with a with an American um, screenwriter. What is that on a on a project that didn't happen? Um, and she was just telling me that her portfolio is what has sustained her in the dry periods. And I thought, my God, that's such an American thing, having a portfolio, like having your assets. And, Jesus. You know, you, you make so much money in, in in flush periods and just buying stock and, and having your own portfolio. I thought, oh, uh, yeah. I want a portfolio. So do No I. one ever taught us this in school. No. Get a portfolio. That is one of, is genuinely one of the things that I think is really lacking in, in the of education. Is, of, they want us not to know that. Yeah, but like I, I'm quite serious about this. If there's any wannabe filmmakers out there and stuff like that, try and figure out some business stuff for yourself to figure out how to keep yourself. Uh, right some more more great dog acting here, by the way. The big yeah, thing that shocked me in uh, my first sort of forays into the film business was how many people had properties that they rented out. Jesus Christ. Hmm. Everyone had a flat that they were renting out. I was like, okay. Anyway. Oh, here Something. we go. Look at this. Oh. Ah, beautiful. So they've brought this disgusting burnt mass back from back from no, the, the Norwegian camp. And it is a state of shite. What is this? It looks it's delicious. It looks like a really juicy uh, spare rib. It does look like spare rib, but oh my god, it is! I used to it's work. Amazing. One of my first jobs was working in a in a hotel, like just sort of. I was like carting the slops off and stuff, and every now and again, after like a big wedding at the hotel, and all the like the bones and stuff were like mashed in in a big pile. It kind of looks something like this. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> what would that? Is that is that like a porto job or something? Yeah. Yeah, I was a summer. I was like six, fifteen or sixteen or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what's that guy's name? That actor, the guy who plays the the, the captain of the base. Uh, he only died quite recently. Oh, um, yes, he's the president in Clear and Present Danger, mm-hmm. and he turns up. He has the best, one of the best lines in this whole movie. <laughs> Tied to this uh, fucking couch. <laughs> uh, what's his character's name? Okay, Wilbur Brimley. Character uh, David. Uh, 
Glennon, Keith David, Richard uh, Dysart, Charles but, Hallahan. Charles Hallahan? No, Charles Hallahan is the one whose chest opens up. Okay, Peter Maloney, uh, Richard Massour, Donald Moffat. Richard Massour is the one who gets shot Donald in the head. Moffat. It's Donald Moffat. That's yeah. Do you know what, lads? I was just looking at Wikipedia, and the Wikipedia for this film is massive. It is, mm-hmm. like, pages and pages and pages and pages and pages. Tells you how, how much embedded in pop culture this film is, and for a film that was regarded as a career ender for Carpenter. The critics savaged it, and it flopped oh, yeah. so hard. Oh, yeah. Because he did torn apart uh, Carpenter really was really wounded by that he felt it was his best work and they just tore him to pieces a mean ugly nasty film he did and so he did Starman after this he did the opposite of this he did Starman because I think it opened maybe not the same weekend maybe it was the same weekend as E.T. It opened, well it was the same yeah. summer as E.T. And it opened the weekend after E.T. I think it opened the same okay. time as Blade Runner yeah wow and what a great two weeks like in movies like E.T. Uh-huh. Blade Runner and this I feel Star- feeling Star Trek 2 was you know what's, what is that summer they talk oh, about man. summer of 82 um, yeah. and you know what's do you know what's amazing I'm rereading um, I've said this in another podcast rereading James summer Gold, of 86 um, is great as well William Goldman's um, The Adventures in the Screen Trade and he he's writing that in early 1982 and he's talking about death of cinema how no one's going to the box office like that mm. that previous <laughs> season and he's going well we don't know what's going to happen this summer but the last summer was terrible and this winter was terrible and I was I'm reading it consciously knowing you were you were just you were heading into the, one of the biggest blockbuster summers in history um, and which dictated to be, things to went be fair Will I mean like this, this wasn't a massive hit, was it? On on our initial, no. you said it was. A, oh, this? No, and, no, no, no. It was a, a colossal bomb. Blade Runner, also not particularly. But ET was. ET was huge hit. ET, ET was, was huge. huge. There were several huge hits that summer, which I have to pull up on. Raiders of the Lost. It, it that was eighty one. Oh. that was eighty one. Let's see. Clark, will you put this the, mutt the, with the, the others where he belongs? The eighties, though, is Clark, how much of the... Clark is. Oh, sorry, 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 Kev. I just like was realizing I hadn't even. Clark is such like a big part in this movie, and I suddenly realized I barely, you barely notice him up until this point. Like the dog handler, yeah. he's he's just like always quietly in the background. He just says like, "Come on, dog," and he's like, "Yeah." His whole character was that he he likes the dogs. He doesn't like the people. Yeah. Oh, this this is a little bit after. Sad. This is like moments where I started watch when I was a kid, and I'd watch up to this point, and then the mitt where the dog starts just like its head splits open, so the dog goes into the cave. And special effects for this sequence were done by Stan Winston, because Rob Bottin really? was so oh. under the the cosh to get everything else done that they brought in Stan Winston to do the dog effects. But to finish my point, what I was about to say earlier was. In the 80s, every single film was pursuing big ideas, new ideas. It was all about the concept. The concept is king. Get the audience into concepts. So you had so many original IPs that now they just remake and remake and remake and remake. But for that stretch of time, it was just, you go back to even years that people don't think of as great, like Summer of 86 and Summer of 87. It's like, 
so many great original movies that are classics now. And none of them based on anything. Yep. Dog head splits open. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's amazing. Do you want to hear some of the, the films that came out that year in, in, in 82? I think, Will, the answer has to be yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, the number one film that year was E.T. What was the number two film of 1982? I'll give yeah. you a hint. Star Dustin Hoffman. Tootsie. Tootsie. Correct, Jamie. Then number three was Officer and a Gentleman. Number four was Rocky Three. Jesus, this creature is amazing. Oh, my God. Number five was Porky's. Number six was Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Seven was 48 Hours. Eight was Poltergeist. And nine was The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. And ten was Annie. It's so eclectic. It's such an eclectically weird yeah. mix. Like, oh, man. I take Wait, it back. That does sound yeah. like a shit summer. <laughs> but that wasn't the summer. That was the over. That was the box office. Oh, okay. um, so, but you also had films like The Dark Crystal, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Tron, uh, Blade Runner, of course. Uh, a lot Masters, of flops there. Mad Max Two, um, Indiana Jones was still making a lot of money that year. The Thing was number forty-two. It was way down the list. Like a real. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's a perfect film. It's pretty much a fa- yeah. It's a fantastic film. We, yeah, you take that you take that dodgy stop motion bit out of this. I I, I can't think of another bit in this film that is just like tremendous. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of nihilism. I, I tend to find it a bit wearisome. But this it sounds exhausting, a, Kev. This being such a well, did I misuse a word there? No, it's just a joke. No. The big Lebowski. Oh, all right. Um. Uh. I forgot what I was going to say. You were saying you're not a big fan of nihilism. Yeah, but this film is quite cynical and quite dark and it's very bleak. And it's one of Carpenter's apocalyptic trilogy. But I love it. I think it's a perfect ending. I wouldn't want this to to, uh, to have any sort of um, affirming ending. It's satisfying. It's satisfying within itself. It's a satisfying yeah. experience watching this film because there's so much tension, but also the craftsmanship Mm. And the performances and the characters are all—it's yeah, it's it's constant, it's endlessly re- rewatchable. It's um, it's so tight. Anytime it's tight. on, I have to watch it. Mm-hmm. So this is there's a guy on the floor and his arm is Jeez. operating the dog. It's weird. Oh, Stan Wiss was saying when it comes oh, to yuck. when it comes to creating great puppets, the best uh, um, appendage you can use is an arm. So they just built around a guy whose arm was operating the dog. Wow. Oh, and look at this next shot. Oh, my the, Oh my God, the original dog. Oh, my God, the poor and that's, thing. that's a reverse shot, right? I mean, that has to... All, all the tentacles slinging onto it. They must have just yeah. shot that and then reversed it. Yeah, it looks it so It looks amazing. Jesus, and the other dog. So all the dogs are getting attacked. Oh, my God. And two of them already got away. So and they end up with an axe in their in their neck later on. Yeah. Oh god, this is so gorgeously done. It's, two isn't hands. it? Isn't it a beautiful grotesqueness? There's a. Oh, there's a here's Keith David. He's gonna flame throw these motherfuckers. You see, even Burn if you sh- if you showed this to a contemporary audience, right? I'm talking about teenagers, right? I 
don't think the teenagers would be chuckling at this the way they were chuckling at the likes of Exorcist when it was re-released. Oh my god! I think oh. they'd find they'd find something to laugh at, but um, no, this. It's a strange oh, thing. Geez. It's a strange thing how CG effects date so badly. Oh my god! But special effects like this, you can tell that it's a puppet. You can tell that it's a that it's all rubber and stuff. But the fact that it's there and it's present, yeah, and the it, fact that you could reach out and touch that and you could feel the tactile slime, mm. it changes your. Um, perception of, of what you're witnessing I, I, like I feel it in my stomach I feel a, a nausea when watching it and, 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 and that's the right reaction you know not like nausea as in oh this is crap but like it's, it's so grotesque and horrifying yeah. I gotta, gotta just we're another Will Brimley um, autopsy scene like between him and Button and Stan Winston there but these autopsy scenes he sells them so well. Like he just has this like world weary. Well, I'm gonna he used cook. to be a hunter or something, and they said that. Yeah, he just is like, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah. Well, his his face is. He's like, well, this is a just you know, this is a dirty job, but I'm, someone's gonna do it. And he's cutting into this like bizarre appendage, and you don't know. You're like, any anything that he's cutting in here could have a mouth in it and a teeth and bite his hand off. So Roger Ebert and uh, Siskel and Ebert both just said that this was in such bad taste it was disgusting and uh, the filmmakers ought to be ashamed of themselves they? yeah yeah they no, used to be quite cool, puritanical though. at times and they'd, they'd come up with these really bizarre takes oh, yes. on films and this is really affecting me i don't know why it is really really yeah it's really affecting me the mucus and the gelatinous kind of textures <laughs> i'm really finding it nausea inducing it's i'm too messing I love imitates other life forms. <sighs> Do you know what the word tumescent means, Jamie? I was sorry, I was I was taken I'm still staring at Will Wilfred Brimley's green green braces. They are great. <laughs> I want they them. Are. I really want them. I love how toyetic um characters back in the eighties used to be. The fact that everyone is designed so they can all be action figures. Toyetic, great, great. Toyetic. <laughs> Very good. I bet you there are action figures for all of these. Right now, well, there, you sure. could buy all of these as action figures. I'm sure. Look at Jesus. Yeah, Jamie, do you know what the word tumescent means? Tumescent. Um, Look it up. I don't. It's uh, just, uh, <laughs> I, as he, don't as he quietly looks, gets his uh, dictionary out. Uh, it, I feel uh, it once. Did I, you know something strange about the dog? And you know, strange. No. So they had a debate on set amongst themselves where it was, if you are, if you, (laughs) yes, if you are the thing and it's a perfect imitation of you, are you aware that you're the thing or are you unaware? I was just about to ask this. Um, Because the scenes where the dog is looking out at the start and he's looking out at the helicopters coming in, this looks like, like like the Simpsons, close up with the evil the dog with the shifty eyes. This is an evil dog. Like this this dog is up to fucking bad shit. But is this just the fact that the dog is acting on some kind of unconscious impulse? Like there's a fungus in its brain and it's it's causing it to do things things? Or 
or is the dog like once you get affected by the thing you're like the borg like you're 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 part of the collective well you're not the dog anymore you're the thing imitating a dog so the but thing later is there. on later on the charles Halloran, hallorhan character is offered the role of taking over as base camp operator as leader mm. and he goes no guys i just don't think i'm up to it and he's the thing at that point and if he took over he would have had a much easier uh, way of assimilating amongst the, the, the rest of the team. But he backs away from that leadership position. So it's an interesting psychology there. That implies he that he, he doesn't know he's the thing. Yeah. He doesn't know he's the thing. Or the thing is scared. It wants to hide. It doesn't want to be in a position of um, focus and attention. Yeah. I'm... They're, they're just in the news again. Once again today, they've found evidence of life deep under the ice in the Antarctica that shouldn't be there. Oh. It seems like every every like couple of years or so, they find something deep in the ice. They're like, well, this shouldn't be here. Like a and little parasite type thing, like a tiny I, little organism. I, I did not click beyond the Twitter okay. headline. And I, I right. probably, the joke was someone going, ah, oh, John Carpenter's like cracking his knuckles and dusting <laughs> off his like, <laughs> his keyboards. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I, I, I don't know. I, I had an idea for a story ages back about this, this thing in, in this village in North in, in Russia, Siberia, where all these people are falling sick because the permafrost is melting, releasing these, uh, toxins and viruses that basically hadn't been exposed to the surface in 10,000 years. And I thought mm-hmm. this is kind of interesting. And then I found that this other TV series had kind of done exactly that. Oh, no. Oh, I love when that happens. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so satisfying. It's like, I've got this class idea and a, a, a day later, it's like it's realized on television before you. This is where we get the Predator crossover as they find the ship and then the Predator. Did you ever read the um, the sequel story that was nominated for um, a Hugo? No. The Peter Watt story, The Things. It's told from the perspective of The Thing. It's so brilliant. No, I haven't. I, I I read a synopsis for a proposed sequel to this. That was not great, but the, this Peter Watson sounds interesting. Tell me more, Kevin. Yeah, go on. It starts like I am being Blair. I escape out the back as the world comes in through the front. I am being Copper. I am rising from the dead. I am being Charles. I am guarding the main entrance. The names don't matter. They are placeholders. Nothing more. All biomass is interchangeable. What matters is that these are all that I, is left of me. The world has burned everything else. I see myself through the window, lopping through the storm, etc., etc. It's a really fantastic short story. Oh, that uh, sounds that sounds like a lot of fun. I think I have to check that track that down. Yeah, wow. Peter Watts. It's called The Things. Did you see the The Thing remake or sequel reboot or whatever it was? Which I starring- did, and I loved the script that I'd read ahead of production. And they changed so much of it. I, I remember, remember seeing the first trailer and I thought, oh no. I saw this, that film in the cinema. I cannot remember anything about it. Nothing. This was Eric, uh, hi, I, I can't pronounce his second name. Heiser? Heiser. 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 Yeah. Uh, Oscar nominated for Arrival. 
Yeah, his draft that I read was so contained and and evocative. And then the trailer just had scenes that took place in New York mm. that were not in the script. It had it, it was so much more active and aggressively like action orientated and yeah, it just it was not at all the script that I read. It it pained me because I thought this was at a time when I thought good ideas win out. And if you got the script right, that's one of the hardest things to do well. Mm. And he nailed it with that draft. And then they brought in the guy that did. And he did a pass at it and what have you. And I thought it was dreadful. Well, let's not let's not throw him out of the bus. He was presumably under whatever pressures he was under for. If you've got it and it's good <laughs> and people don't recognize it as good or they don't care that it's good, then you're, you're really in the lap of the gods. It's nothing is, it's never going to come down to being a true meritocracy. People will take something good and make something awful out of it by making bad choices. And that bummed me up because I thought, oh, you've nailed it on the mm-hmm. page and nobody bought into it nobody believed it they thought we can improve this let's make it shit politics was involved and everyone wants their two cents yeah i'm sure but it's so demoralizing when you are trying to believe that everything that you do if you can get it right on the page that people will just make it better from then on and it doesn't always happen like that at all This is now we've got 80s computer graphics of the cells assimilating. <laughs> Still uh, as effective than anything you would see in a contemporary film. It's the primitiveness of it that sells it. You 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 believe it because it is so primitive. Like you mm-hmm. you you believe. I mean, all the assimilation cell dog complete stuff is a little unnecessary, but it's the 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 way it's just yeah. There's something very. Like you're just seeing a, a it's functional. Your computer reproduction of something you're looking under a slideshow, a slide, yeah. slide, slide. Uh, what do you call those things? Slide things. Projector. I shouldn't have had that. Rest of that bottle of wine. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Uh, there's a, the yeah probability that one or more are infected. Uh, went way too fast. Uh, one or more team members are infected by the alien organism 75% and will for projection if intruder organism reaches civilized areas entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact there's also a short film called 27,000 hours which is um, a, a riff on the thing where two things have a human hostage and they're interrogating him Something like that. I thought that was cool. How as well. long is twenty-seven thousand hours? I don't know. Several months. <laughs> um, I have to. I have to Google. A, I'm looking at looking at Kurt Russell, looking at these torn long johns that are tossed into the kitchen, and the the the, the pro. He should, he should sniff them. Copious shots of Jim Beam <laughs> and Coors. And thinking like just what you were saying earlier about this being an ensemble piece because it works so strongly because it is an ensemble. All these guys have their own little time to but shine. But the framing there of that shot, the way that Carpenter has Kurt sitting down 
and over his shoulder there's an open door and it's just creating that sense of unease where he's got his back to an open door and you just you want him to either close that door or to yeah. be facing in the direction of it well they, they're not entirely certain how serious this shit is yet isn't that right that was my memory of mm. Like the, I was going on, like this. I is mean, so they've awful. seen a fucking monster just devour a bunch of dogs. I think they're <laughs> no, but just like, the thing is dead. We don't have to worry about it. Like I was like going, yeah. oh my god, like that thing. You just want to like just I uh, put it on the snow. Like like oh, here we have another another, sh- another quick Jesus shot of the Christ. Didn't you just stick your tongue in monster. that? Uh. <laughs> That's yeah, win Wilford. someone the Nobel Prize. Wilford Brimley is the only one who actually has copped on to the fact that this is this is a much bigger problem. He than, clocks on uh, early, but when does he turn into he oh and then we got like he puts the cover oh back over God. the thing and then the thing we, a slight yeah. bit of movement. We don't know. I love but, when he builds this little mini spaceship. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> you really want to see that thing going, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh God. Table. Oh my god. I love god. it. Again, oh, we're talking nice. about this is a film. It does have jump scares. I'm just Look trying how to beautiful think. Beautiful that is, Dean Cundey's lighting, mm. blue light. Yeah, everything. And this goes the way is such a great scene. This scene right here. This is where the tension is just ramped up to eleven. There's something wrong with Blair. I took his notebooks from the lab. All give, work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Give me, give me the timeline. When was when was Halloween made? 1978. And this was the first of Carpenter's movies with with Kurt Russell, right? No, Escape no, from no. New York. Escape. Oh, he, this, that was before this, right? Okay. And also the Elvis uh, yeah, TV so, TV movie, which because is because he didn't. Was it this one or was it Big Trouble? Where. He wanted to bring Kurt in, and Kurt was like, "Are you sure, man? We have no luck together. I feel like I'm I'm dragging you down. You need an actual person that can bring in the box office. It's, I'd love to work with you, but I think I might be an albatross around your neck." And he was like, "Fuck it, I don't care. I want to work with you." Good for you, Junker. I, I was I only watched um, what's it called, uh, Prince of Darkness for the first time, like in the last year. Right. See, a lot of people that have seen that at an impressionable age, it really works for them. Oh my god. Oh, look. oh my god. Oh my god. So What's his we're, name? We're watching the, the, the red-headed guy, bald guy with the beard getting like choked by tentacles. Oh Jesus. It's so disturbing. It's oh Bennings. And this is like the iconic image from the posters and stuff yeah 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 it's Bennings doing his fucking when he uh-uh. when he's being burned and his hands are all fucked up yeah yeah and he does that Donald Sutherland in Body Snatchers oh. scream <laughs> <laughs> but where, where's it going to with, with um with uh, Prince of Darkness is that it didn't have because you were saying about this being an ensemble piece and I that has too many characters. That has too many characters, but none of them, very few of them get, the ones that are interesting don't get enough screen time. Like you've got your... Yeah. Um, Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance uh, is great. Oh, look at this guy with his weird yes. fucked up hands. I think there's, I think there's like oh, 17 no. characters in, in 
Prince of Darkness. It's too many. There's no man, none of them are that have the same kind of charisma that say, no, the Kurt Russell. The, the you, lead if, actor is is a is not a no. A movie star. He's not. I mean, if it had been Pleasance, that's okay. Let's set this motherfucker on fire. Um, but yeah, Prince of Darkness. I was like, man, this is. I was reading up about like how he made that movie, and he kind of made it much more independently. And, yeah, and we just did it his own. But it's a very, it's it's one of those movies that really needs that strong, charismatic central character to tie it together um, on a very on a very quick di- side note. Did you ever read about that thing where um, uh, about the making of Sorcerer? And no, but that's a it's an incredible film. It, that's yeah. a, a Kraken movie, and um, uh, Friedkin was offered. He, he was going to have um, Steve McQueen was going to be the star of that. Okay. And McQueen was like, "I only want to do it if I can have like Annie McGraw on on uh, on set with me because like I'm worried like I stole her from this producer and I'm worried if I'm away in South America filming for too long, she's going to like run off to someone else." <laughs> and and freaking and they just like freaking was like at the, you know the height of his powers like fuck it I don't need, I don't need a, I don't need a Steve McQueen and I Roy Scheider I Roy Scheider was great in that movie but mm-hmm. freaking said afterwards is like I I thought that the majesty of all the South American jungle would be enough to compensate but it's like you cannot overestimate how powerful a close up of film stars faces and that film star charisma. And so he didn't think that Roy Scheider had that? I think he had that, but he didn't maybe would have brought in the kind of, I mean, We're talking in hindsight, like the box office would yeah. have brought in at the time that would have been maybe, a, who knows now, maybe would have been a great, a massive success if it had been Steve McQueen instead of Roy Scheider. Well, right. it came out the same weekend as Star Wars, didn't it? That was. Well, that probably didn't help. <laughs> no, I think that's the big thing. Oh it came out God. the same weekend as Star Wars and it was just dead. Like there was just, you know, even though there was a chance that maybe people would have gone to see it for because they couldn't get in to see Star Wars, which happened in the case of... Um, that feels like a big gear change between the old uh, 70s style films and the new era. Sure. Between yeah. Sorcerer and Star Wars. That's when it all died. That's when it all, it, it, it did all change. Um, Lads, looking, as you, you're talking, I'm looking at the film, every one of these images... Could, you could pause the film and pull a still and frame it, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It I might not be the most interesting shot, but it's every shot is beautiful. Yeah, I've been very quiet because I actually have been consumed. We've often we've said this on every we've said this, uh, and all these commentaries, Kevin, is that when you turn the volume down, the film it's just visual storytelling. Yeah, and the visual storytelling for this film, which is should be really talky, it, it works. Like I'm. I'm transfixed by this. I really am. Yeah, it, it exposes whether a film um, is doing its job in terms of telling the story visually or not. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I think your helicopter is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever ridden in a helicopter? I never have. Have you? No. Mm, no. Interesting no, story. I thought you said, <laughs> have you ever written... Have you ever written yeah, in a helicopter? I've, I've flo- <laughs> oh, flown yeah, in a helicopter, I've, right? I've written. I'm sure written, I've written a helicopter scene. At least right. two scripts in a helicopter. <laughs> they didn't know I was in there, but you know. But you know what I learned last night uh, was that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was actually a, became a big hit 
because it came out the same time as Batman, the first Batman film. And the reason it was a big hit was because people were queuing up to go see Batman and they couldn't get in to see Batman. So they went to see what well, they said, what else is on? Well, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. All right, I'll go see that. So it got a big boost of overflow of Batman. I thought it might have been people buying tickets for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and sneaking into Batman. <laughs> this is the reason I went to see The Last Action Hero instead of Cliffhanger. Oh, The Last kid, Action Hero. I was a young boy. Oh, right. Okay. To get into Cliffhanger because couldn't get into Cliffhanger because no, it was, it was sold out. And what? Oh, right. Okay. It's like there's tickets left for the last action here. I was like, oh, I'll go see this. It's it's come back into um into the the conversation. Last action hero, a sort of a, a film it's, that carries a lot of nostalgia for a lot of people. I still think it's it has it doesn't moments. all stick together, but it's a beautiful looking film. It's a great idea, and the original script was was strong as our eighth was a long time site, but I remember it being quite strong and then they it went through development. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was also William Gorman. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, he did a major rewrite on that at the uh, very last second. And wow. Shane Shane Black did work on that too, if I remember I think it was his original script. Yeah. His script and the, was it his script? Or did he I think it was his script. Yeah. It's... Um, I think. But then, again, I'm only... <laughs> we're ha- I'm, remembering I haven't done things. any research on that. Yeah. Research is for losers. So, Cameron said this was a very difficult film to shoot because you're trying to... Think of the coverage. You've got hallways and corridors and you're trying to spatially place characters so that the audience can track what's going on. And you're filming all this stuff out of sequence. Keith David should have been dead there. Like he, Blair mm-hmm. shot through the door. He should he should have shot him. That door is not thick enough to withstand a bullet. Sorry, I'm only seeing this down. Right? Track where to place people. It's the 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 the. It's like one of these. You got multiple characters in an enclosed environment. It is really difficult. I I was writing eyelines and things, but just even getting like tracking. As you, as, just from a script point of view, tracking 12 characters, all with their own kind of like different points of view in an enclosed It's a great script. Have you ever read it? I, a long time ago. It's a great script. Getting them all doing, like, I was, oh God, I'm, I'm going to be talking about stuff that I, I shouldn't really be talking about or or, or is in development and anything else, but. Name no. and shame. <laughs> Name and shame. Um but writing things in in very enclosed environments, like, and you have like say Ugh. six to twelve characters that they cannot get out, but yet you've got, you know, an hour or two of movie. You've got to get them through all these plot points, and you're limited in terms of like the environment. They can't go out. They can't make phone calls. They can't do this, do that. It is the more characters you have, it just is. It's so tricky to juggle all this stuff. So, no, oh. it is, and I, so it's another reason I love this movie so much is that it, it does this. It's, I mean, I, I don't know how it much looks effortless. Sweat, yeah, yeah, and I, I don't know how much blood, sweat, and tears they went through in 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 adapting this. Uh, Burt Lancaster's Bill Lancaster went through, and John Carpenter presumably working on it. But uh, this is the thing, right? The film bombed. It absolutely bombed, and it was hated by critics. No. Bill Lancaster didn't recover from this. He didn't get another film produced. John Carpenter did, but 
it it goes to show how a, a poorly received film can just scop an entire career. Mm-hmm. But did it? I mean, was he still he working, or just he didn't get produced? Uh, well, he didn't get produced, and you know, because most of us are working, you and not getting produced. <laughs> we're working, but we're not getting produced. Like, no, these Bill movies aren't getting made. Yeah, but he probably just wasn't working with producers that trusted him after that. Oh man, really? That feels. He did an oh. adaptation of uh, Firestarter, uh, the Stephen King thing. Yeah, which John Cameron was going to do, but because the thing was such a box office bomb, neither of them got to do it. Yeah, but there was, so and he's, he's drafted. His draft was scrapped. Yeah, and Carpenter was kicked off the project because the thing was a bomb. So it cost him Firestarter. Oh, and he died at age 49. Oh, my goodness. Bill Lancaster A lot of the, the guys... Yeah. yeah, a lot of the guys are, are... 97. And his daughter just died just quite recently. Well, this this has oh. taken a rather somber turn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Firestarter was the last thing he worked on. And... Um, and he well, yeah, killed his career, so that's what happens. Jesus Christ! And he did an excellent job. Man, I love this fucking movie. It is amazing. So I suppose we should should we bring people up who are just half listening to this and oh please know. do. I've been watching bring it just people up. So so Carpenter said this is the scene that was the hardest for him to shoot because you have. 12, 13 characters now are all going to come into a room and he's got to block it and film them. And we have to work so out it, which of these guys, the blood has just been damaged. Someone I don't think we ever do find out who, who sabotaged the blood. The thing did. Well, yes. But we <laughs> it's hard to... Uh, like. The... Oh, it's so beautiful. So yeah, so what's happened? So um, Wilfred Brimley has been locked up in the in the shed because he's a danger he to knows. himself and he's a danger to everyone else. He's, and they he's warned he's, Kurt Russell to watch Clark. Yeah, who's Clark? Watch him good. Clark's the dog guy, right? Yeah, oh yeah, with the, with, the, with the cap oh, Matt, the trucker. I am only just seeing the nose ring again. <laughs> like, okay. It's amazing. Yeah. How did I not miss that? Windows um, is 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 gonna make a break for it. Warriors is fucked. Like he's really. So, the themes behind the film, they were saying it was uh, like the Cold War. It was, mm-hmm. it was playing off of that paranoia yeah. of that period. But other people have had a reading on it where it it was the burgeoning HIV crisis that was happening. Where people didn't know who had HIV. And it was an invisible killer. Because at that stage, HIV was a death sentence. And it was, it was wiping out. They reckoned that there was an entire generation of artists who just disappeared, mm-hmm. whose work we never got to see from costume designers and musicians and producers and artists and choreographers all were just wiped out. But you know what, Kevin? I just think that's what, ha- that's what happens generally when you create an amazing film is that people have multiple readings uh, on it. And, uh, and yeah. but I don't think the creators ever intended or <laughs> They were not trying to do an allegory of HIV. No, no. But it, when you do something strong, you know, people derive their own. That's such sugar glass. I can actually see what this is. <laughs> but you've got like a, a group of men and they've got a, something in them and they don't know who has it. 
So it's mm-hmm. like, it's rife for like you doing your thesis in college on. Oh, certainly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And every, do you know what's, we've got a wide shot with, with about six characters here and they're all lit really well, like individually. Like how hard would that have been to light them all? Like everyone in the frame. It's class. With low ceilings. Yeah, with low ceilings. Yeah. His eyebrows are incredible. <laughs> you could, oh, that's the kind of like the thing oh, itself. So Norris is he's just saying to Norris, I think you should be it. Norris is turning him down. And we know at this stage that Norris is the thing. He's one of the thing. There might be other things, mm-hmm. but he's definitely the thing. And so he's given the opportunity there to take over and become the leader of the camp. And he, and the, he rejects Once it. again, they reject the idea of Keith David being in, in charge. And this proves to be a terrible mistake. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but Keith David is a, is a hothead. He is. But maybe, maybe in that case, what you need is a hothead. He'd be like, motherfucker, you're going to sit down and you're going to stay tied to this fucking chair all winter. <laughs> spring. <laughs> so he worked with Keith David twice, or maybe more, because I'm thinking of yeah, they, they Live as well. They Live, yeah. Put on the glasses. <laughs> Those glasses are so fucking Put ridiculous. On the motherfucking glasses. No, in, the th- in They Live. The big no, sorry, the thing that we're watching now with these plastic goggles, the goggles they're wearing, and I'm like, those things are fucking ridiculous looking. I, I have memories of of these from the 80s, just like wearing these for... Strimming uh, the grass. Yeah, 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 strimming the grass. <laughs> and like, oh, you don't want to strimmer in your eye, take your eye out. I wear, wear had to wear those when I was working with my uncle, who was a sheet metal worker. And um, it was the, the height of summer. It was boiling. And when you when I was wearing them to apply acid to the weld marks to get rid of the, the black burns to sort of bring it up shiny silver, the goggles kept fogging up, steaming up at me. So I took them off and I was applying the acid and a big globule of it flicked back and went into my eye. Oh, And Uh-oh. I did the thing that you're not supposed to do, which is that I clamped my eye down and just like was screaming in pain. And uh, it was my other uncle who was there that basically saved my eye because um, he pried it open and just kept flushing it with water, washing out the acid. But I scarred all the inside of my eyelid. So for about a a good six months, I felt like I had something in my eye, but it was... How old are you? Oh, I was about 16, 17. God. Yeah. You're talking about, or, uh, Jamie, about protective eyewear when you're strimming the grass. Always wear protective eyewear because a neighbor of mine was using a strimmer without protective eyewear and a stone came up. He hit a stone and now he's blind in one eye and he was already blind in the other eye. So he's fully you're blind. You're joking now. me. Dead serious, yeah. He had an accident a few years ago which blinded him in one eye. Now he's fully blind. So there oh, you go. That is, that is horrible. Poor mm-hmm. man. Yeah. So yeah. we go again. He's framed him with the door open behind him. You expect yeah. somebody to come in through that door. And if I was him, no way. I, I like. I normally don't sit with my back to the door. I feel it really uncomfortable. Um, an open door, no less. Not a chance. Not in this house, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it's a. But also, it's a, in Antarctica, in like in this base, which is like close, quite you know, close quarters and 
you know, you have a bunch of assholes there, and at least, at least one of them is, yeah, at least one of them is a, is, a, is an alien monster. Like, no, you don't send the Senate door. McCready's <laughs> doing a podcast right there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, oh, no, this high angle shot is. You just expect a, that little spider thing to come walking in. I was just watching a movie the other night. It had a very similar vibe to the sort of framing of this thing called The Empty Man. Have you right. heard of this? Split no. up, though. The last last movie with the 20th Century Fox logo on it. Anyway, it had a oh. one or two shots where like there's a there's a the guy sitting in the in the foreground and like to the right hand side there's like a, a blurred but very creepy uh, rotting teddy bear. And you know, the moment you see it, there's going to be a second where this teddy bear is going to move. And you're like, yeah, I don't know why. And it doesn't make any sense why it does move. But sure enough, it's going to move. It does move. Who knows why? Um, so that character who's um, the one that was telling McCready about we should prepare our own meals and stuff, they actually filmed his death sequence and then didn't use it. Oh. So he was pinned. McCready finds him uh, later on. And he's pinned with a... Uh, an axe through his chest to a wall. So he's actually murdered. Jesus, this Christ. guy here. Yep, him. What's his dick? Um, <laughs> What's his dick? Uh, oh yeah, that he's, he's like, who's that? Yeah, Fuchs. But you know, in that previous scene where you were talking about the door being open, and you're expecting something to come into frame, but nothing ever did. And that's great because it builds that sense of dread. Unease. Unease. That's exactly it. Doesn't it get echoed in a later scene where we get the famous head with uh, spider legs? It's a a very similar high angle. uh, You're right. Mm -hmm. And. Uh oh. So this is like casting doubt. McCready's clothes are torn. Anybody see Fuchs? Something could have ripped through his Mm -hmm. clothes. Because why would somebody set McCready up unless it's to get rid of him? All right, we got to find him. It sort of feels like it's funny that feels like it's setting itself up for. Oh Jesus, I, I'll, I'll be surprised now, like because I haven't seen the movie in a while. It's like this is what happens, but you know, it seems like Fuchs is going like, "Oh, and McCready's the guy. He's the thing." But mm-hmm. if memory serves, it doesn't actually go that way, does it? It's just like he, we, we don't see this guy again, Fuchs. As you say, Kevin, he's... he's yeah, yeah, his, his, his death scene is off screen. Yeah. It's him and Nulls. We don't see their death scenes. It's like... Uh, Nulls is the roller skate guy. Watch whoever you're with. Real close. Uh, oh, there is another flares. sort of dodgy special effects moment, and it's when Palmer is uh, killed. Uh oh no when Palmer's head opens up and he bites down on windows and he's swinging windows body around and windows body is very clearly uh, a sort of a stuffed doll I I kind of my 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 uh, internal logic for that was that the thing was already working at, at assimilating him and his his I love this shot I love sorry just one second where he's, he's looking through this little like this priest hall window Funny through the door, thing, a Blair, and there's the, 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 <laughs> He's got the a noose, noose, the noose in the yeah. foreground. <laughs> He's ready. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't Fuchs. It ain't Fuchs. I'm not going to harm nobody. What's wrong with me? He's he's a thing there, right? I mean, we're guessing. Is he? Pro- he is he? He's probably a. 
Not no. yet. No. Later on, I think he is. Later on, yeah. He gets... If he was a thing, he wouldn't be in here. He gets... We don't know. We don't. There's an absence of information, which is why the film works so well, because you don't know. You sort of want to fill in the blanks yourself. Who was taken when? Such a beautiful base, though. Look at it. There was a, a video game um, made uh, out of this um, called The Thing, and uh, I think it recreated a lot of this. It was actually quite cool. That's all I can say about that. That's all I can say about that. I played it anyway. When we were doing the Halloween commentary, um, we mistitled the uh, the original movie. We said it was the thing from outer space instead of the thing from another world. Oh, did we? Yeah, it's one of the things where I'm like, when we don't edit these things, like, yeah. oh, I'd love to just retake that. Oh, well, I don't think anyone... Uh, I don't think anyone listens to it too much. Yeah. <laughs> really pays much heed to what we're saying here. Wow, I didn't know there was a dance number in the thing. Whoa, it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Russell's got moves in him. Oh, God. Take me back to Mission Impossible Fallout commentary. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I'm just. Tom I'm Cruise just dancing to... wearing Angela Bassett's uh, mask. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So there's Fuchs. Uh, no, that's Windows. Oh, that's Windows. Sorry, yeah. F- Fuchs is dead already. Windows now is doubting McCready. That's what. That's what's going on. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the the light is on and he finds his torn up drawers, as they call them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever referred to your jocks as your drawers? No, no, no. I don't, yeah. and I don't understand why they why they would have been called. So the lads are proton packs. So this is predates nineteen eighty four. And they have copyrights on proton packs. Drawstrings. That's why they call them that. Oh, is that it? No, I'm fucking... I'm hypothesizing oh. here. I have no idea. Yeah, it I'm seems, wondering. Seems as good a reason as any. I like the idea. Drawstrings. So when it imitated him, it imitated him down to his... Dodgy, uh, dodgy back. Dodgy, yeah, heart. Yeah. Because he has a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. So of it course. replicated even the heart disease or whatever uh, clotted arteries he has. Unless there's something like he's kind of like fighting the thing or something from the inside. But we just, because we we never know any of this information, you know, it's, it's up in the air. It's what makes this movie kind of work is that it doesn't tell you enough about how the thing works. Yeah, I just said all that. Oh, did you? That's what I thought, Jamie. I, I that's said all that when you were off screen. No, I, Jamie, that's what I I used to think that he was actually, you know, kind of fighting the thing or he was in agony for some reason because of the. Sure, he can't be fighting it. He is it. This is the thing. Sure, he Whatever can't he be was, fighting it. Sure, he's the thing. Great minds think alike, Kev. He's the ting. He's the ting. He knows he's the ting. The ting. Sure, he's not the ting. He's the Tang. I come off the stage. I'm not the Tang at all. This guy, Knowles has been away for a while, has he? Yeah. Is he roller skates? I don't no, think he's roller skating. He's just coming with his snow boots. I love that door handle. Oh my god. So good. The door handle is just twirling back and forth. It's a very forth. gentle twist. If, if it yeah. Were. 
somebody in the state of Doris would be like, okay. But I love that McCready busts in the back and he's got the dynamite. Spoiler alert. What's cool about this film is that we don't have like this this Jason Voorhees like bashing through doors and stuff like that. The, the team is is so so clandestine. It's kind of like, you know, just it'll open the door a crack, just have a look, and then I'll go hide and scupper away. You know, it's what if they uh, called it the Whatchamacallit? <laughs> One of you guys is the Whatchamacallit. <laughs> Do you want to be Bob? The thing in me jig. <laughs> the thing in me jig. <laughs> it would be a total. That would have really increased their box office draw. Could I have one ticket to the thing in me jig? Pitch, writer, of grabbers. I want to do the thing in me jig. Oh. Anyone messes with me and the whole camp goes. Come on, child. Burn me. He should have wiped his jaw after drinking all that milk. <laughs> Kurt Russell looks frosty. Yeah. Continue there. Watch the um the the dynamite, how loose it is in his hand, and then it's now like nice and neat. Oh, okay, you've seen Spoiled this for you. many times, many times. As Kevin. I say, I've probably this is one of those films like Die Hard or hmm. Jaws, where when it when it's on the telly, I'll just keep watching it. Yeah, I understand that absolutely. I didn't get to I've discovered this film quite late um, and it had that immediate I had an immediate response to it I knew this was an instant classic I had to convince a cousin of mine to watch it because it was like The Thing it's called The Thing it was just imagining a really schlocky 50s like thing like Them or something I was like no it's as good as Alien he was like fuck off as good as Alien Like I swear to you it's great you should watch it and then he watched it and he loved it I would say I nearly enjoy, I enjoy watching this more than watching Alien I think it's more that's 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 a hard one but what I mean by that is that this is far more entertaining than Alien and it's it got a better pace it clips along whereas Alien yeah it's gorgeous there's a lot of it. long slow tense dreadful dread inducing scenes in Alien whereas yeah. this is more there's also the banter between the guys. Yeah. There's the... There's just... And there's a lot more characters as well. There was... There was I think it was on the, the DVD, which was one of the first DVDs I ever got, where John yeah. Carpenter said, Alien is a great movie, but it's still a guy in a rubber suit. And we didn't want to have that in the thing. The thing needed to be a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to have... Oh, there's your split uh, dioptic. Is that what you call it, Kevin? Diopter? Diopter, yeah. The yeah. Brian De Palma technique. Oh, here we go. Here we here go. We going. This is a jump scare. Would you, call, would you classify what's coming yeah, up with a jump scare? In jump scare. Kate scare. mentioned it? it as a Clear. jump scare. Smash. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. So this was yeah. actually a guy oh. who was, uh, he had his arms lopped yeah. off and they put a mask on oh. him. Oh, and the, and the team is coming out of uh, his chest. Oh my god. It's a boy. Oh my god. Oh Jesus. He looks just like his father. Jesus Christ. Come on, McCree. Oh, and, and then this thing is his head is stretching off just to like just can't get any further. And then it just rips. Oh shit. The green, the green sinewy kind of oh it's amazing. It's 
gets me off. Grotesque and amazing. Oh, wow. It's so beautiful. You just want to kiss it, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I want to eat oh, this. Oh, the tongue the is like lacking. Oh, Jesus. Incredible design. Incredible. And also incredible, like, just mechanical work. Like, yes. And I was and pulling nobody itself sees this head. Yeah, no one sees it. I love when the spider legs come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's. Tickle, tickle. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I remember I showed this film. I think I got this film on DVD in college. Look at that. And uh, people were coming into the house. And I was just saying, you have to watch this film. It was the middle of the day. And I think everyone stayed and watched it. And they were all just, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. And it was I love a, it. That can be so hit and miss when you when you show people a film you love, because if and they, if they don't get on the same wavelength as you, it's yeah. so disheartening. But on this occasion, they totally did, and it was just like it's great, isn't it? Yeah, man, let's watch it again. I think we watched it twice. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, there's that shot you were talking about, uh, Jamie. You gotta, you be, gotta fucking be fucking kidding. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> That to me is up there with like, uh, you're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 God, it's so good. It's so droll and yeah. The f- the film just rips along. Yeah. All right, now we have the famous blood test scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I this was the moment that I mentioned in Who Done It's, where yeah. uh, Who Done It, it's it's always building to that great reveal of who the the thing is or who the killer is. And this is like a great one. I mean, uh, when they're doing the blood serum test. I said about in whodunits, like the whodunits that I love are whodunits that are actually about, about someone else or something else, you know, not about the, you know, people in a, just people in a mansion and someone's dead it, you know it's yeah it's not all just like a a comedy of manners or, or whatever Bearers. yeah like in this case it's a horror film a whodunit horror film and um oh wow shot in the head yeah sorry Charles I feel like I'm a second ahead of you guys you are, you are I'm I'm a feel I'm a second ahead of you guys you know or you're, you might be a little behind us, Jimmy, but we're all on the same page. We're close to the um, same page. Behind you? I think I'm ahead of you, isn't it? No? Or maybe you're ahead of me. I don't know. Uh, you're in a different time zone as well, Jamie. So, that's you know. true, yeah. It's, it's very... You are, it's, you're an hour ahead of us. Bammy. <laughs> Bammy Spanish. Uh, <laughs> Sitting there uh, watching yeah. the credits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Wow. And they never... E.T. never got... He never went back home. Yeah. I'm just watching. I'm watching credits for movies in different dimensions. <laughs> uh, and the face is beautiful as well. In yeah. that sort of like way, were interesting faces. Are they all staring at the I camera? When, They're just staring very slightly, almost into the camera. There, where where yeah. Carlos is going, like his and he's he's right. Like his hypothesis about how the thing works. Like if I if I burn its blood, it's it's going to react. I and, like that and, you say hypothesis and not theory. It's like well, one of those bugbears of mine. Uh, oh, 
that's a heavy cut. The scene, the scalpel into the thumb is the thing where everybody always winces in this movie where a fucking dog's head splits open, a guy's head rips off and spreads spider legs. And it's the bit where a scalpel runs across someone's thumb that everybody winces at. Because everybody's cut their their thumb like that. Yes, 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 exactly. And and it also... There's also that. Here they come again. Why are they cutting it like that? They're like slicing it like an apple. And you don't have to cut it that much. You don't need that much. Remember I told you you that I can't look at people drawing blood and stuff like that because I get lightheaded. Does this do that to you? Yes. Kevin's gone. (laughs) I can see Kevin getting a bit paler. That bit, uh, that bit strikes me as like special effects guy. Look, I got a fake hand here and I'm going to cut this fucking thing so it looks like it's cutting blood. And I was like, but nobody's going to cut their thumb like that. I mean, they're, they're going to, they're not going to cut, start from the nail and oh. dig in and work down. It's like he's peeling an he's apple. He's like, I, I don't care. Listen, you know pick the I, most I was up three nights spot. in a row building this fucking hand and I'm going to cut this hand the way I want it. So, fuck so you guys, they do a, they do a clever thing here. Where they, they introduce the fake hand before the, 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 the blood pops up. Okay. You'll see it now as he's coming up. Okay, okay. Did you use a fake hand before the blood pops up? Yeah, so you you sort of become accustomed to it. So you don't look at it and think, oh, it's a fake hand holding the the, the, uh, blood serum, (gasps) whatever it is. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, you you, you flag it up. He's he's heating up the, the little metal element, dipping into his own blood. It's, it's a, a crock of shit. shit. Whittle, whittle. Okay, so... So Cooper was the guy with the hat. So that's his real hand. Okay. And now we're going to see the fake hand. Right. Now Clark. Now Clark. Now Clark. So Clark is the, guy, is the dog guy. Yeah, which makes him a murderer. That's the fake hand. Oh, I see it. Yeah, I can see it. You, once you see it, yeah, it's right. too stable. And Clark was human, huh? Oh. Which makes you a murderer, don't it? Parma, no. What's Jamie on? <laughs> Here we go. This is a great, great jump scare. Mm-hmm. This is pure nonsense. It doesn't prove a thing. You were the only one that could have gotten to that blood. You were the only one who could have gotten to that blood. We'll do you last. Oh my god! Amazing. That's so cleverly done. Yeah. And all the blood to make the blood run. Oh wow! And now they're tied down next to him. Oh my god! I forgot the scene. Oh, flamethrower doesn't work. Jesus, lads! And being tied down next to him. Oh my god! So this would have been so fun. Jesus Christ! I got it. Get me out! Don Moffat and Keith David really do deserve like some kind of a special award. Why does it why does it leap onto the scene like that? Watch, this is where he becomes a little bit of a dummy. But it's it's not just a dummy, it's like a, a teddy bear. I'm watching, I'm watching. See? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's not too bad. But it's also it's the strength of the thing so much. And then by the yeah. time you see it in a wider the thing has kind of started more assimilating it more and that's why 
Like that's my own head cannon for this. I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my Halloween costume sorted. My <laughs> <laughs> one head consuming another head. Yeah, this is what my my four year old daughter is going as this <laughs> Halloween. She doesn't know it yet. She wants to go as Vampirina, but I'm sure nah. she's going to she's going to see the logic of, of my argument. Yeah. No, you're going to be going as like basically after. So watch this. Kurt Russell almost gets blown up here. Watch Kurt Russell, the blowback from the, the dynamite. Oh, yeah, he did, yeah. Oh, there was yeah. a cut there. And they, they, John Carpenter was like, we nearly killed a main star. The shockwave was so strong. He wasn't happy with it. He was pissed off. Who, Carpenter or Kurt Russell? Both of them. He was nearly killed. Mm. You could see, you could see the... The impact on the, the the building around him as well. You really killed. Jesus. They Christ. really get. Do you get a Nobel Prize for attempted chemistry? They really get a get a good mileage out of those flamethrowers. Yeah, they must. How much? How much? I wonder how much fuel is in it. Like, how long can you burn for? Because you like sit by. That's it in our wheel as well. Best flamethrower scene. <laughs> is it? It is. It's going <laughs> to be this. It's going to be this film again. <laughs> Jesus, the amount of times that Steven Spielberg I, and John Carpenter I love come up this on the cut podcast. here where he gets that Knowles' blood is fine, and the next cut is like Knowles standing beside him holding the flamethrower. We're like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm clear. Cut. Yeah, 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 that's a great cut. And then they do it again with Keith David. <laughs> He's got a great yeah. face, just the way that he can show that relief, but also wanting to save face. He's so yeah, and they're just like, "Come on, come on, get me out of here!" But you know and what? Dull Muppet is so lonely here. Yeah, you know what? This type of scene, <laughs> this is so needed after what we've experienced. We need that levity. And yeah, like it's yeah, not, absolutely. You know, we do need it, and that's why I think this film is so. Classic. Here we go, another amazing line reading and a great quotable line. Oh, I know yeah. you gentlemen have been through a lot, <laughs> but when you find the time. I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to the fucking couch. It's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, oh, great, God, great I love line it. reading. <laughs> I I think this movie did more for flamethrowers than any other movie in the eighties. I'm throwing this thesis out there. Give There's me another movie. Coming to mind. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about a- that. I was Alien. Alien gets a lot of stuff about flamethrowers, but in Alien, aliens. aliens they neither of them. No, have Alien as well. She goes through the whole. Uh, she goes through the whole ship with a flamethrower. But she doesn't actually flamethrower stuff with it. I mean, this it, is a movie you actually use. The flamethrower is used as an offense. That's true. And mm-hmm. It's a weapon. That you know, the biggest thing. flamethrower scene, uh, the biggest flamethrower ever on screen is in True Lies, where Arnold uses an actual uh, refueling truck and he shoots the nozzle and it's an 80-foot flamethrower. Oh, did that come yeah. up in our commentary? I bet it did. Probably did. Oh, did you did. guys watch that? As a... mm, you should listen to our <laughs> podcast, Jamie. I, I should. <laughs> you guys yeah, have a could. podcast? Yeah, this is actually for a podcast, yeah. Yeah, we did oh. True Lies. Yeah. Oh. Um, Are you yeah. a Patreon supporter? Uh, no, I, I send you guys like Christmas cards. That's about as far as it gets. <laughs> uh, I'll take. We, we we take that. We do take that. I'll take sheep's wool as well if it's going. I can do that too. 
Um, <laughs> okay, here we are. Opening up the floorboards and what the fuck's he been doing then here? It, it's a tiny bit goofy when you think that he built himself a little mini UFO. That's what I'm saying. I want to see this fucking out of helicopter parts. In, I want to see if you would do if you made this movie now, and God forbid they make this movie now, but they would have to have a scene where this this UFO thing tries to take off and like Kurt Russell hits <laughs> it with a flamethrower or something, whatever. Yeah. And it wings. The problem it. is, is that films that were flops on initial release, whenever they try to reboot them, they don't translate into hits. For some reason, when it didn't work the first time, it just never works. Can you give me an example? Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049. Okay. The both, thing both of them are great like, mm-hmm. Blade yeah. Runner and the sequel are really good. This uh, And I worry about Dune. For that reason. Jamie's seen Dune. I've seen Dune and it's No, they're great, great movies. Look, we're watching the thing. I'm going to see Dune a fantastic film. on Thursday night. I can't wait to see it. I, but I have I, hope. Thursday? Yeah. In, in January? I'm, oh, yeah, in, in January. No, I'm going, it's a, it's coming out again. <laughs> they've, they've re-released it because it was such a huge hit in the US Yeah, it's January office. right now. Yeah. I really enjoyed Christmas. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed Christmas. It was so strange with Henry Kissinger dying. <laughs> oh, don't. Don't, 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 don't. You almost made it to 100. <laughs> I just... Yeah. Uh... So yep. where is where is um, Blair? Uh, Wilford Brimley? Wilford no, Brimley. Wilford Brimley. Oh, okay. So he, he was he's is... making he was making an uh, an alien ship underneath the underneath the cabin because he is now the ting the ting tingy me jig the tingy me jig. No, yeah, he's he's in the other part of the camp. He's fucking around like the tingy me jig. The what you call it? You're the whatchamacallit, Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> You're the hoochamabob. You're the hoochamabob. Yeah. What's his face? Yeah, Knowles should have been from Kerry. What's the one right that you now? said once, Will? It was something like... What's what's his fuck or something like that? I can't remember. Is this me? Did I say something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah because I'm used to hearing, like, what's his face? And it was like... Oh, what's his or maybe dick? Maybe it was you, Jamie, saying, What's his dick? Yeah. What's his dick? Oh, Jamie said, Oh, yeah, yeah. What's his dick? <laughs> yeah, I, there was a, uh, a film critic I I, uh, I read a fair bit of. I, I think I've sent him some of you, Outlaw Vern. And he uses that oh, yeah, What's yeah, his yeah. dick. Yeah. And I start, I've started saying, What's his dick? And um, it can really annoy some people. <laughs> My sister gets very annoyed when I refer to someone as What's his dick? It's like, Oh, jeez. What do you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? Like, What's his dick? Well, in this case, it actually is a guy. What's his tits? What's his dick? In this case, it wasn't. What's his? Yeah, I I was very. I was so, once someone described someone, you know, just like that. Someone said instead of what's his face or what's his dicks, someone said um, they called them it. Oh, um, you know what? About, what about it? And uh, and I'm like going, what do you mean? That is way what? too vague. Yeah, way it's, too vague. I always kind of felt it's kind of like offensive to that person. Do you know? You know? Do you know how 
some people would complain about non-binary people being referred to as they, them, and how um, grammatically it's hard to sort of wrap your head around. But in Ireland, at least in my uh, experience, you'd refer to people as they all the time. Yeah. Are they yeah. coming? Oh, yeah, we do. Are yeah. they going to the shop? Do, do they want anything? Is Will I get it, yeah. something for them? And you're talking about one person. It is a little too, even too vague, though, for that. Like it, I mean, yeah, I'd never refer to a person as it. I, I oh, can't yeah. imagine of any person, of whatever. Um, What's a tits? I definitely refer to them as that. <laughs> What's a my dick? So, so no, it's what's for, his dick. For anyone who is still wondering what part of the movie you're watching, they're blowing up the camp. Yeah, uh, because they know the thing wants to go into the ice and. Freeze. Do you remember when you'd get an actual audio commentary DVD, and they would just go off on stupid tangents, and you're like, oh, "For fuck's sake, this is oh, talk about the film. I want to hear your opinions. I'm making the film." Yeah. But with us, it doesn't matter because we had nothing to do with this film, so we can just. We didn't make the film. No. Yeah, we can't really say this was. This was great day on set. It was. We uh, were all toddlers <laughs> when this movie came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kevin, were you, you born? You wasn't even born. I was for the born. 10 years. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was an I infant. Was yeah. I was delivering bread around the stage. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bread boy. Straight out of a Ridley Scott uh, Hovis commercial. Yeah, cycling up the hills of oh, Cork City that. for some reason. Oh, those hills! Or those, what's that hill? Uh, Steep hill called Kevin? Oh, Cathedral Road. Oh no, uh, the other um, one, the uh, other side of the, uh, the river. Oh God, uh, Sunday's Well. Sun uh, is that the really steep, steep hill? Um, no, you're thinking of Patrick's Hill. Patrick's Hill. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, can't even could even think about walking up that now. My God, I've seen people cycle up that hill. Oh God, it's almost vertical Maniacs. for people that aren't. That yeah. aren't uh, What's wrong with these people? Give I don't know. Break. People just like torturing themselves. Apparently, uh, cycling teams in Donegal are some of the most successful cycling teams in the country. Because when they go for a cycle, they have to just go up and down and up and down the whole time because it's so hilly here that they're seriously. Mm-hmm. Apparently, so isn't also Donegal great for surfing? Oh yeah, and Donegal and, and the West Coast generally, Clare, uh, Sligo, Mayo, Donegal. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, great for surfing. A yeah. freak of geography, which is why I discovered I... why Kenyans are so good at marathon running because they're oh, at a very high altitude and ah. Oh. They're used. They're they're just used. Their, uh, you know, blood oxygen intake is just different. So they're wow. already training at a much higher level. And why that? Why a lot of people they send athletes, marathon runners, to who want to be running training. high, yeah, higher yeah. altitudes. Wow. The more you know from a long-term runner like me, wasn't um, <laughs> wasn't uh, Beyonce used to train. Uh, her endurance training was to sing while running on a treadmill. No way. In order, yeah, in order to be able to get to a point where she could perform high intensity uh, choreography and sing without her voice being all over the place as she can't get her breath. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So it's. Uh, oh, Donald Muffin. Oh, sorry. here we Unspeed. go. Oh, oh my. Now think about this, right? Oh, How many hours were they? in that position because that's a prosthetic that's applied to his face oh my god so he had to have Wilfred Brindley's hand up against his face 
for at least, I would say, an hour. Jesus Christ. No. Wilfred Brimley cornered Donald Moffat and shoved his fingers in through his Look mouth. Look at that. That is beautiful. And oh. oh, wow. This film is because this film shocks you with every new killing. It's like, it's not like, oh, it's not like whatever, a chest buster. It's, it's like, oh, another chest busted. No, it's like, what's he done to his face? It's, it's, not, the even, it's not even, yeah, we, that's the last we see in Alls, right? When I mean, he doesn't, yeah. he dies off screen. He does, and I don't think his death was in the script. Like, forgive me if I'm misremembering, though, anyone out there who's screaming. But I don't believe his death was included in the script. There was a lot of actually more. There was more action. You want to get that great shot of McCready, just like that frame there alone, going, Mm. oh, fuck. Lifting up the uh, detonator. He's one of those actors that I just love in things. Mm-hmm. God, he's great. I had written he, a part. He, he was a Disney. Him. He was a Disney kid, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. And a baseball player for a while because his dad ran that baseball team. Watch that is, documentary on Netflix. Oh, it's battered, you were the one that recommended that to me. It was the fantastic. Battered, the battered bastards of of baseball. It's on Netflix and it is brilliant. It's about Russell Crowe's dad taking over a baseball team, and it is Bing brilliant. Russell. We yeah, we're about to go to that dodgy stop motion effect, aren't we? Yeah, that's about. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. This is yeah. like tremors. This looks great. Tremors or that mm-hmm. that, that little scene Irish uh, horror movie grabbers, which I think you guys should uh-huh. see. It's it's a real cracker. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah. So stop motion. <laughs> oh no, it's this. Yeah, it, it it yeah. I don't like it. Was that that? That's not, not quite so. It's yeah. Here it's sort of when it's, it's wide. When it, it's when it pops out. Yeah. That's still okay. This is a practical no, effect. No, this, 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 this is the fine. big. This is the the big 25-foot uh, puppet that they built. There is one shot though. But you, you we'll see it here. Okay, Fuck you too, Kurt Russell. <laughs> give me a hero line. And, yeah, fuck you too. That was in that era where they had to f- have a, a kiss-off line. And I remember yeah. one of the hardest lines for me to write in Grabbers was having a good kiss-off line. I was just trying to think of something that felt in-world and wouldn't be stupid. Like, open wide, say ah. And it, it, it came out to Lisa just saying, oh, shut your hole. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's in world. Yeah, 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 it works. And I thought, yeah. I thought, I've done it. I was so happy with that. Yeah, because it was so hard to come up with a kiss off line that felt like it wasn't too knowing, but felt like she'd say that, and it would be Irish, and it would be a kiss off line. Mm-hmm. Well, that works. That works. That's, yeah. that, that's um, that stop motion shot didn't bother me it wasn't even that long a shot it was I didn't even notice shot. yeah it didn't bother me that much this time that's strange yeah. I mean it's a good strange in a good way I edited it out earlier oh is that what you did <laughs> yeah. that's nice of you thanks here we go great endings so yeah. his Carpenter Apocalypse trilogy 
is this it's Prince of Darkness. Okay. And is it is it oh what is the first one? Is it Halloween? You know where it's the ending is bleak and it's unhappy. It's not Halloween. What? It's it's uh, the is it the fog? The fog. Oh, I'm just trying to think. So not Escape from New York, I assume. Oh no, no, it's 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 um the the one at Sam Neill, the in the Mouth of Madness. Oh uh, right, okay. Yeah, his apocalypse truly Jared, the thing, the Prince of Darkness in the Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness is great, by the way. That's another one. I would one consider it to I would consider it to be the last we're in a saloon at the moment, guys. Oh. Yes, yeah, sir. <laughs> but I would consider that to be one of the great, one of the last great Carpenter films. I will, I, I think I, I don't remember if I went on a rant on one of our WhatsApp groups about, because I, I was trying to work out the this thing between The Thing, Prince of Darkness, and In the Mouth of Madness. And The Thing, I think, is a great combination of, you know, it's, it's, it's a perfect fucking movie for me. Mm-hmm. And the Prince, Prince of Darkness is like a, it's a, it's a really good score. It doesn't have a very charismatic kind of central character in the mouth of madness has a, like Sam Neill is quite charismatic in it, but it's got this, it's got that Rocky new age, Rocky score thing that Carpenter was really into. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. It for that me, lets it, it, down. It, it for me, it really lets it down because it's yeah, all the, it's the sort cor- of like the lost themes sort of vibe. Yeah, but even the lost themes, I actually kind of like. But the, the the that really rock out. It's like you know the uh, Stephen King is a, is in a band and like he he mm-hmm. just goes out like on, on, his, on his you know fucks around like good for him that's like fine the end that's fine but that's you know. It's it's not maybe what you want to see from. Oh, you missed that. There's I, the end of the movie. I didn't get oh. to tell tell you. I was wanting to jump in and say, "Will look out for it." It's too late now. But it's um that Dean Cundy had lit ice to have light in them, and he didn't like Keith David's. And it was a conscious choice on Dean Cundy's part to indicate who was the thing and who wasn't the thing. So oh. throughout the movie, the characters that don't have light in their eyes, like Palmer, um don't have that sort of like little speck of white dot glinting uh inhuman right and uh is that it's sort of used as another way to um tip the hat towards saying that charles is the thing okay is, is that something he was that was came down from carpenter on high or that he was i guess it must, i assume it must have been or that he was just doing his own i'm sure that they they had this conversation surely sure they but, must yeah have. But yeah, no, he, he mentioned that just a couple of years ago, that uh, the characters who are not human, they don't have that little glint of light in their eye. Oh. He didn't light their eyes, so everyone else uh, does have it. I like the font. I like the font that he uses for um, a lot That's of his great. films, the, the similar font. It's really cool. Isn't it ballsy of him to put his name above the title? And it became sort of his thing where it's like, I want my name really? above the title. It's going to be John Carpenter's The Thing. Mm. John Carpenter's Escape from New York. John Carpenter's Halloween. He... Who was the first director who started doing that? Oh, golly gee. Oh, my God. No, this is uh, this something I need to Google. But for me, that just made it so much easier for me to sort of find his brand and mm-hmm. go through the video shop and look for... John Carpenter's XYZ. Mm. 
there's so many of these films that I have yet to see and I really want to like Christine as you were describing them in the the Prince of Darkness or in the Mode of Mar- Madness which what were you saying which one would in the Mode of Madness Samuel? in the Mode of Madness is in the Mode of Madness pretty good yeah I've seen yeah so Christine is another one I have to see I Prince of Darkness good. is kind of feels great, more great music in Christine Prince of Darkness is like style wise feels really close to this like the pacing but it's I don't know the the, the, the there's some the, great jump scares and great oh yeah great visual yeah. effects moments in or special effects moments in in the mouth of madness but my top three carpenter go for it Halloween mm-hmm. this and the thing and um the fog ooh. the fog is goodish but it has moments where it gets let down Elvis then <laughs> uh, no Big Trouble Little China oh yeah. yeah oh yeah that's very good I would go with I love Big Trouble Little China love it love it the thing is the top of the list no question about it yeah um, so I like uh, for me the likes of oh, okay, Halloween Assault on Precinct, Assault 13, Precinct yeah. 13 is somewhere in the top five um, Escape the fog, from New York Escape from New York I uh, actually have to I will have to rewatch it again um, Escape from LA uh, oh yeah that's <laughs> definitely up there but I haven't seen the likes of let's say I haven't seen The Ward I haven't seen Ghosts of Mars I haven't seen Vampires I haven't seen uh, Vampires so, is good oh really yeah I enjoyed it Madness. I saw Memories of an Invisible Man which um, remember that was kind of a cutesy one yeah um, Starman Starman's they good They Live is good it's good fun yeah so, um, Big Trouble Little China, Halloween, the and this, I love. If it was and the top just, three, I, I, I got to go with They Live, Halloween, and this. Um, okay. Yeah. It's... I'm surprised they haven't remade They Live, because that is the one that feels still so topical. and, and Maybe that's why. Maybe. People Special just don't know a good idea. Two people credited with special wigs on this, as as the credits run. I mean, look at this; these are all guys' names. Wow. Maybe there was some uh, ladies in. Well, Susan Turner did miniature supervisor models, so um, it's a dude-heavy yeah, cast in LA. But when they were, yeah, when they were Girl. in Alaska and British Columbia, it was all guys. I really enjoyed that, guys. Yeah, fantastic yeah. film. How many films have uh, John Carpenter and, and Kurt Russell collaborated on? Three. Uh, four. Four. More. Um, uh, five. Five is the answer. Elvis. Escape from LA. Escape Elvis. from New York. Yeah. The Thing. Yeah. The the Thing. Big Trouble in China. Yeah. Escape from Elvis. LA. That's it. Elvis. Okay. Five. Elvis yeah. is a TV movie, though. Escape from LA is... A lot better than the than its um, its reputation might uh, might suggest. I just remember the, the special effects were so ropey. They are, but there's a vibe to it that is I don't know. I remember it was just the time space and playing and basketball it. and it's there's some it's it has it has a tone to it which is it is kind of cool. But it, it's no, it's no, it doesn't have that tactile griminess of. Escape from New York, but there's something to it. I gotta say that is, I don't know, a sense of humor 
um, I don't know, surfing with Peter Fonda and like the, it does. It was <laughs> yeah. just, I don't know. It's uh, better, better maybe than its reputation would suggest. Amen. Well, it's a classic, just like this commentary. Thanks so much for listening, and Jamie, thank you for guesting Wait, again. Are we are we doing a podcast? Again. And again, <laughs> where can people find you, Jamie? I'm at jamie dot 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 at twitter dot com. That spells D O T D O T D O T. What's the significance of that? An ellipses, Jamie with an ellipses. Because I can't put dot 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 on a handle. A, yeah. <laughs> you, you you put dot dot dot, and it's like you have made an incorrect error. So yeah, it was D O T D O T. Listen. This this is 15, 10, 15 years later. This has got me in like a lot of headaches for like posting shit. <laughs> I'm going to the, po- oh, the post office today. So there you go. Yeah. Get on to Twitter, yeah. follow Jamie, and set your notifications to all. It'll be worth it. <laughs> all right, Will. All right, Kevin. Good night, everyone. Good night, Jamie. Good, Good night, night Jamie. Good night, Kevin. Good night, Will. <laughs> Sleep tight. Good night, Moon. Good night, Tingy Jig. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ting, it's a ting, it's a ting. <laughs> it's a ting. Are you the ting? <laughs>Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, you know, I've got this. I've got my corns sorted out. I went to the Chiraptus the other day and uh, she Your said... corn? Uh, my corns. Did you, ever get, did you ever get corns? No. Did you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that. Do you, do you not wear any shoes like around the house? You walk no, barefoot? No, I, I, I wear... No, it's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women. Oh, who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound, like, you know, before the turn of this yeah. last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great opener for a mini bits episode where we get people disgusted. <laughs> Squally, it's episode 73 of the mini bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, you're Will. This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to goad people into joining up every single episode and then every so often it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode and yeah. I'm like what did we how did we say it what did we say on that episode that's different <laughs> to the other 270 episodes maybe it didn't sound as desperate maybe we said don't jo-. maybe reverse psychology that's how we should do it reverse psychology don't join up to our patron don't it's 
cancelled. You don't des- everybody cancel. You don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't we like don't the look of you. you. We don't. We don't need anybody. <laughs> it's just us. It's absolutely just us. Hey, should we tell people we we did? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't say it on mic, especially so early. We did an interview with the Irish Examiner last Friday. We did. Yeah. And uh, how do you think yeah. I? How do you think I did? I I I think you did all right. Like you didn't interrupt me once, so I was <laughs> delighted with how I came across. But you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's going to get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema was saying that their interview with did they do the examiner as well? It was six uh, months yeah. before it posted. And, and the Guardian, I'm pretty sure. They are they were profiled in the Gar- Guardian as well. Yeah. But we don't do any really promotion. Like nah. we don't do anything. Well, this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage, which is gonna be mad. So um uh listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're you're you're, you're an OG. Bust. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains from all his Patreon dash. I think I'm more of a silver than a gold. I think oh, yeah. my uh, undertones suit more silver. But, uh, yeah. I just want to die. Those I, are my Prince Albert. <laughs> Your hat? <laughs> yeah. I want Speaking one of, of the, which. I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah. Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and like glitch. Yeah. Like starlight twinkle. <laughs> Speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, what, we, what, did, what did you want to speak of? Which? Start the timer. Oh. I forgot. You may as well. Start the timer. They, all, all these lucky loos are listening in and, and they're wondering, what are we going to be talking about? But we have to start talking about them after. Yeah. We, we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes. I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. That, oh, uh, we're looking Netflix forward to watching thing. that. We already see, okay. Okay. I'll save my thoughts. And right. um, what else did I see? I made notes, but sure. It doesn't really matter. I think I saw it. And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what oh, takes your fancy. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So um, I'm Well, the Joker your... 2 trailer came out today. I saw it. Yes. I watched that. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of Chicago. Yeah. It's kind of like you see it's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that? I think you're right in saying that. So, look. Hey. Listen, uh, I actually, what it, what it did remind me of was that I want to watch, rewatch The Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go cinema. back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show, the Joker episodes. Oh yeah, that's going to be... Just to fill me in like on the lore. <laughs> get up to speed. Get you right up to speed. <laughs> and you'll be there going, where... Where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? Where when are they going to show up? And like it's you know, a weird time though, where we have the Penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out, which is a totally different canon version of the Penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker, which is not its own universe entirely. Mm. And then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right, and, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just I don't know. I'm kind There's of so many IP. 
but like it's this, just everywhere. What well, what's happened is the world, the comic book world, has very much entered the the film world. It's where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors, and there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh, it's oh, just this is insane. the thing. Kevin, so I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod, on a podcast. Wait, was it on one of those? Uh, it was the last. Show? It was the last mini bits. Uh, you, you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. And have you started noticing it though? Only, only, only with people trying to raise you. That's the only type, only where place where I've noticed people. No, people under are trying to every, raise you. Oh my god! Oh my god! I could start posting though, like, um, tweets, comments, TikToks. Uh, articles, anything insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. I was okay. like, oh, it's a mentally ill lineup. Okay, <laughs> it's just it's it's everywhere. And the other, th- do you know the other thing that's also bothering me lately? Wow. wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly whatever. It would just there are morons, but no. <laughs> I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word, A-L-O-T, a mm. lot. Where has where have they gotten into their heads that a lot is one word? It's the same way that people will write every time as one word. What's the one that you've, you've pulled me up on a few times and I can't get it right? Compliment. Compliment. I can't, <laughs> but I can't get it right. It's like the you I. because I told you the other day. Yeah, and I went searching for it and I couldn't find it because I had to actually had to an, use it. If there's an I in compliment, it's yeah. I'm paying you oh, a compliment. That's a good way to remember it. Okay, good. And then compliment. I, I wrote that to you. But you did. And I went to try and find it because I was I found myself writing the word compliments. And I went, shit, Kevin. But, I, but you, you gave me a thumbs up, which meant in my world that, yeah, I read that. Thanks. But I did, right? I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment, I went, okay, what did Kevin say again about compliment? There's an I and the E. What did he say? So I went searching for it and I found it, I think. And I went, oh, the I is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you a compliment. It's insane how little you can retain information. It's insane. (laughs) Come here, let's start talking about what we watched. Come on. Did you start the timer? Yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking down. The world's going oh, to explode. You know, I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh. up all my sound effects. When you said start I have the timer, like, I have a whole it's... fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Here. Okay. Ah. Jesus Christ! Where's my fucking? What? Where's my ding dang ding? Here we go. The timer has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right.